Welcome to another edition of Nikki P's Conundrum. And today we bring back Yumi. Wait, what's up? What's <laughs> up, brother? Play that music. Play that fucking music. What is happening, man? Oh, not much, man. I had to like get up early today before the call and like stretch it out. What's next after the riots? What do you think? Like right now, these demonstrations, what's next? You know, it's crazy because like, and, and everybody thinks like, oh, you know, one of the riots going to finish. Like, you know, come on, let's fucking go. Because it's been the same consistently throughout history that, you know, they just make some noise and then they just kind of like fade away until something else happens and like every year and then they'll come back again and nothing ever gets resolved. So I don't know. I don't know. Not since like probably the sixties when something, you know, actually happened. I don't know what they're going to do this time around uh, in this day and age with, uh, you know, mainly police brutality. I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen after the riots. It hasn't really happened uh, before. They just have to be consistent, I think, and uh, keep it going until something happens. Well, see, I'm not one to advocate for violence, and I don't believe in the violent protests. However, the nonviolent protests, I think, are very, very important. I see... If you don't, America has short-sightedness. For instance, we basically forgot about COVID. We forgot about the murder hornets. We forgot about Benghazi. We forget about every yeah, single scandal. <laughs> yeah, it ends right away. So if you literally shut up before justice is served, if you do that, then your cause was for nothing, right? So the demonstrations, the peaceful protests, I believe if that's if that's your narrative, I'm not saying you shouldn't have that. Absolutely go for it. That's what you believe in. You have to keep it going until you see the reform you need. Now, I don't believe in the violence and destruction just because you're really hurting other people. But, you know, that time has passed. But if you want to keep doing peaceful protests, stay on the TV, stay outside the, the Capitol building, stay outside, you know, the White House. You want to stay outside the police stations and you want to keep protesting and let them know we aren't going to shut the fuck up. We're not going to shut up in color. What we are going to do is continue to band together and continue demonstrations, whether it be every week, every month, or whatever, just to remind you we're not shutting the fuck up, we're not getting out of your hair, and we're not going to just forget this like we forget everything else in this country until we see the reform that we need. Yeah. So which brings me to Colin Kaepernick. Now, I want to be straight up and honest here because Mm. here's here's the thing about Colin Kaepernick. Right. And how his message got lost because we have short sightedness and I watch this unfold like everybody else. But let's just fucking remember Colin Kaepernick takes a knee and he says specifically it is about police brutality. Now, both sides are wrong for this because everybody else made it about the country and the military. Don't believe me. Go to your Facebook history and you're going to notice that when he was kneeling both sides. Both sides are saying he should kneel and shouldn't kneel. We're arguing about military and whatever. We all made it take a life of its own, which it really wasn't. Colin never, right. ever once said, I'm protesting the president, that I'm protesting the country. He always made out police brutality. So we're actually, all of us in this world are at fault for it. That's why I made an apology post to Cap, because even I did. Even I was like, well, you know, whatever. Well, people don't realize he took a knee because of a veteran said, rather than sit down during the anthem, you take a knee. And, you know, even though it's for police brutality, not necessarily exactly for the flag, it was just his way of protesting the police brutality. Mm -hmm. So we're both wrong. Even I was fucking wrong to just take a new life because if you remember the narrative back then, the argument was, you know, oh, well, he's disrespecting the military. Oh, he's disrespecting the country. It wasn't the intent. And he never was trying to do that. No, I mean, and he said it, uh, and he said it himself. He said what his cause was, but nobody cares. They just choose to believe you know, what, whatever they wanted to believe. I mean, it's, oh my God, he's kneeling in the national anthem. He must not like military. He must not like, you know, the, the people in power, the president or whatever uh, the case is. It's, uh, yeah. I mean, and still to this day, people are doing the same thing again. The pro there's, I mean, there's a big difference between, uh, rioters, looters, and protesters. There's a difference between those guys. And, the protesters are doing something different uh, than what the looters and rioters are doing. You know what I mean? 
Oh, definitely. That's like why, why, why that? What, what the hell is going on over here? They're uh, looters are you know they're taking uh, advantage of the opportunity and going to the Gucci store. <laughs> it's like ah, let me go ahead and stop by and grab a few things that I've been meaning to get. Well, the cops are occupied right now. You know what I mean? Everyone's outside yeah, the station. Yeah, yeah, while well, the cops are occupied. Yeah, man. So that's uh, that's it. Throws me off um, for a loop, and I posted something about it. It's um, it just doesn't make sense, and you're not banding together. You know, you're not banding together. This isn't how it's supposed to be done. Anywho. Anywho. I got more on that, but later. But yeah, later. absolutely. Yeah, we got a lot to go over today. So here we are. Uh, Cap's argument comes back up. So potentially he'll have a job again. And everyone's kind of, even the NFL's like, shit. Because everybody looked at it as going against the country. Because even when Trump was talking out about it, he wasn't saying police brutality. He was saying, you shouldn't protest the anthem in this country. And everybody took that narrative from the president all the way on down. Because when people were attacking it, nobody argued and said, hey, Trump, he's not arguing police brutality. Like, fuck, we'll protest if we want to. And we kept it about the country. So now that we've moved forward, I'm interested to see what's next. And in some areas, what's next is the defunding of police. Now, uh, and I know it's a thing in L.A. I know Minneapolis is thinking about different things. And there's a couple of vantage points I want to throw at you about defunding the police. And I kind of wanted to see uh, what your stance was, is that what people don't realize the police budget. So with a police budget, they actually have a lot of officers. If you don't know, each police department can have hundreds of officers, way more than you need. And 97% of their budget goes to operational costs, salaries, budgets, what have you. Not necessarily for weapons, for equipment, for cars, right? A lot of the money is literally spent on salaries. Now, I will tell you, in my opinion, the positive and negative effect. Well, one negative effect is going to be this. It's going to be less tickets. Now, you're probably like, well, less tickets. Isn't that a good thing? Well, not necessarily because there's less tickets, right? Because less cops to hand out the tickets because either the cops got to get more aggressive and piss you the fuck off or they got to accept the fact that they're writing less tickets. Well, that money doesn't necessarily go to them. That money goes to the city, goes to your town, which means if they're not getting that revenue from the police department, then what's going to happen is they're going to have to raise your taxes, which is going to piss you off in the long run, right? Because less money for government. And then the police are bringing less money and the government has less money. Chances are, the government will have to bankrupt, and then democratic socialism wins. People look at it that extreme. I won't talk about the extremes. I look at it like this. I look at it on this extreme positive side, right, where I say, look, and this may not sound positive, but it's going to get positive. There's less jobs for cops because if you cut my budget, I got to cut my force. So you're probably like, yeah, but less cops, is that good? I believe it because this goes back to my point. It makes the job more competitive because now if I have 200 police offices and I have to go down to 50, I'm probably going to keep my 50 best or most experienced. Right, That's who I'm going to keep. The guys who've been around long enough to not lose their fucking job so they're good to have that good experience. They haven't you know, knelt on no one's fucking throat. And I got the best ones, maybe the best of the new crew. You're going to get a better quality service. Why? Because you're replaceable. Because no longer you guarantee the job. Nobody who gets a criminal justice degree Goes to the academy, doesn't get a job if they pass the academy. Like it's it's easy to pass the academy. Like I understand, oh, it's great. It's like high school graduation, right? <laughs> it's, it's like it's like military boot camp. It's cool you did it and all, but as long as you didn't fuck up, you're gonna get it. Like it's 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 an achievement, but it's an achievement anybody can do. Now, people may say I fucking get mad at me for saying that, but you're only mad at the fucking truth. Right. But now, but now guess what? Is that if I fuck up, they can replace me. Because first of all, there's a bunch of cops who are vying for their job back. Right. And then uh, more competition to even come into this job where I'm looking at my office left and right, be like, shit, I don't want to be the one to lose my job. And I believe you get a better individual because you're vetting a little bit harder. It's not anybody can become a cop because I'm telling you, human, anybody can be a cop. I hate to fucking say it, but it's fucking true. But this would change that because there's less jobs. You're not guaranteed a cop job. I think on the positive side, it'd be a better force being defunded, not completely, but defunded a little bit. So I want to see what you thought about that. What I think is pretty much the same thing that you that you were just saying i honestly don't know like if it's it's it's, it's even sustainable okay cool i agree <laughs> i agree my fault my he fault. just I'm fucking concurred now no worries i am drowning over here <laughs> no it's okay so there's positive and negatives if they do defund the police department to some extent Right? You don't want to get yeah. rid of it. You don't need anarchy. And I got all that. But bringing the numbers down, making it harder to get, that'd be good. I understand. I'm not saying I agree. 
But I understand how people will say, well, look, Cap was on a knee talking about police brutality on uh, African-American civilians and the police department, right? He was protesting that. And they'll say, well, technically, if you think about it, how many years did it take for the next case that was recorded where cops had murdered an African-American? I understand how you would say that. Here's the thing. I think that anybody killing someone on the side of the fucking road is too many, right? One case of it, like for it to even fucking happen is too much. Like to say, well, how many years did it been? It should have been all the years. Like not never. Like what are you talking about? It shouldn't have been any years because people trying to defend it. Like, oh, well, took three years. Motherfucker, are you telling me every three three years years. a fucking (laughs) African-American should die in the street and that's okay? Like, we're normalizing that? What the fuck? When's the last time the fire department threw someone into a fire? Fucking never. What are you talking about? It only happens three years where you illegally murdered somebody uh, in the middle of the street. Only three years. Yeah. Uh, Once every three years. Let's just normalize the shit out of that, right? Before you know it, get the point. So that's what happens. These arguments, when they say it, it blows my fucking mind because it's like insanity like it almost i guess that sounds good coming out of their mouth to them but then when you rationalize you're like wait a minute it should have been like caps caps argument should have never came up again why should we ever say that's okay like does a heart surgeon ever just take a heart out and slam it on the ground and say fuck it i'm not doing this no more no why the fuck would he do you know what i mean with spike hearts like that's not what they do (laughs) so anyway oh they don't uh, spike hearts no they don't And the issue we have right now in America is I see this. It's in all the communities. I'm not talking just the white community, the African-American community, whatever. But people are having a struggle right now. And they're having a struggle because we don't like our choices, right? Because there's reasons why, right, people don't like Trump. And there's literally – there's a lot of people like, well, I don't want to vote for Biden. The problem is is that the independents don't have a chance because I think long ago the Republicans and Democrats realized back when we didn't talk politics that we had to talk politics – because if not, an independent could come in and could take their jobs. So they figured, guess what we'll do? Get everyone to talk politics, everyone to take a side, and then this way, everyone identifies Republican or Democrat. Because for as long as we do that, as long as we truly say we're just that, you close the door for any independence. When in reality, it's actually better to say, I'm not a Democrat, I'm just never Republican. Or I'm not Republican, I'm just never Democrat. The reason why that narrative is different is because you open the door for a different point of view. Like, you're like, that point of view is too extreme for me. But at least lets you listen to the independent. Because the independents may have a great candidate. That third party, you're like, yeah, you can ban behind. And they could, like, grab votes from both sides and ultimately be the next, you know, candidate who could be the president. Because right now yeah. we're being force-fed too. Like, that's it. Like, oh, yeah. The Republicans are giving you one choice. The Democrats are giving you one choice. Even like kind of said Bernie had a chance, but Bernie didn't have a fucking chance. All right. He didn't have a fucking chance. It was Joe Biden versus Trump since the beginning. And some people are like, I don't like either. And I get it. But we are forced because we're told you're either Democrat or Republican. You know, and then the, uh, there's like a girl, JoJo, whoever's running the independent party. I probably messed her name up. So I'm going to get slaughtered by like the 10 people. JoJo. Yeah. So some independent, like the 10 independents out there fucking voting are going to slaughter me. Being like, her name is Joanna. Like, fuck you. Her name is Joanna. Nobody, fuck, nobody cares what her fucking name is, okay? She ain't gonna make it, all right? The president, I think, is a little bit, he doesn't know what to do right now. Because we have the constant protests, right? Things are going, uh, not crazy out there, but they're not slowing down. People are having their voices heard. We got places even as of today, San Diego, California, has their little march. And it's it's good. Like They're getting out there, and the president doesn't know how to respond to it, so he likes to go to statistics. And I'm not saying don't have the statistics, but it's not how it works, where he'll say, well, uh, I've done a lot for black unemployment. Cool, but that doesn't answer the mail for this, right? It's not, that's not the answer. He said, literally, that if George Floyd looked down, he would be so proud of our employment oh. rate. I swear to God. No. Yeah, yeah, I'm like, I'm like no, George, <laughs> no, George ain't worried about how many people have fucking jobs, Donnie. Donnie, what are you doing right now? Like, settle down, Donnie. You're, you're hanging there. Whenever we have a crisis, whenever something happens, there has to be that moment from the leader. Right? The president comes out, and he has that speech. I mean, Reagan had it. 
fuck, Obama even had it. Now, he didn't necessarily have an issue issue, right? But what happened was when we, um, a big thing happened where uh, Osama bin Laden was killed. And so you have that moment where the president comes on and whether you're Democrat or Republican, you listen because you're waiting for something like the leader has to speak. Something big has happened in this country, whether it be here or abroad. And you listened. Obama had everyone's attention, you know, just like Reagan before Clinton before presidents before had the attention where they had a crisis. Right. When when uh, George Bush. Right, we had when Iraq had evaded Kuwait, and we want to know what was going on. The president's got to get on there at that time of need where we want to know what the fuck is happening in our lives, and they answer the mail directly. No bullshit, no this, no that, and just hit this topic because both sides want to know. Because even if we don't like you, right? Even if you didn't like Bush or Clinton or Obama or Trump, even if we don't like you, we need to fucking hear it. Mm-hmm. And they got to do it. And unfortunately, at this point, we haven't really heard it. And what I wanted to do was I want to play for you the clip. And this is from Instagram, and it's from The Rock. And I want to play his message basically to the president, and I want to see what you feel about what the great one has to say. Where are you? Where is our leader? Where are you? Where is our leader at this time? This time when our country is down on its knees, begging, pleading, hurt, angry, frustrated, in pain, begging and pleading with its arms out, just wanting to be heard, begging and pleading and praying for change. Where are you? Where is our compassionate leader who's going to step up to our country, who's down on its knees and extend a hand and say, you stand up, stand up with me, stand up with me because I got you. I got you. I got you. I hear you. I'm listening to you. And you have my word that I'm going to do everything in my power and and, until my dying day, my last breath to do everything I can to create the change that is needed to normalize equality because black lives matter. It's that same compassionate leader who has to come back and readdress the country to give important context, to give, to give an important perspective on the comments that were just made. Of course, all lives matter. Every single one. All lives matter because we, as Americans, we believe in inclusivity. We believe in acceptance. We believe in human rights. We believe in equality for all. That's what we believe in. So, of course, all lives matter. But in this moment right now, this defining, pivotal, explosive moment where where our country is down on its knees, the floorboards of our country are, are becoming unhinged in this moment, we must say the words, Black Lives Matter. Here's what happens. When you extend a hand and you reach out to Americans who are in pain, they stand with you. They stand with you. Here's what happens. The country, the entire country, the entire country stands and rises as well. There is military force that has been deployed on our own people. Looters, yes. Criminals, absolutely. But our protesters who are begging and pleading, our protesters who are in pain, you know, you would be surprised how people in pain would respond when you say to them, I care about you. When you say to them, I'm listening to you, you'd be surprised how people would respond, how Americans would respond If you say to them, I care about you, I am listening to you, this is our country, you are all my people, and I take full responsibility and full accountability for something that has been hundreds of years of systemic disease, why am I taking full accountability? Because I am your leader. I'm your leader, and I'm going to do everything I can to make this right. And I'll tell you what, you give me, you give me some, you give me some trust, 
You give me some time, you give me some effort, you give me some love. I'm right there with you and together we're gonna make this right. Together we're gonna create that change. Together we're gonna normalize equality. We're gonna do it, but we're gonna do it together. You'd be surprised how Americans and how human beings would respond. So I'm gonna cut it off there. What do you think about that? Man, <clears throat> I mean, first off, the piece is great. I mean, coming from coming from Dwayne to Rock Johnson, uh, everybody listening. He's right. I mean, he's right. Like, where the hell is he? Like, where where are you? And it also goes to show, like, like you don't need you're human. Like, you don't need to be perfect at everything. But just show a little fucking compassion. A little fucking compassion goes a long fucking way. Fuck. He just, it he, sucks. You gotta address... It sucks, like you're saying, you gotta address the issue, like, literally the actual issue. You don't go out there, you don't talk about fucking... No one wants to hear... Listen, this isn't a campaign trail right now. You're not talking about unemployment, the same state of union address, where I give a fuck about healthcare or anything like that. You gotta say, look, shit went down. Look, here's what we're gonna do about it. Look, I understand you, I hear you out, just like he said, and he's so right. If you've ever actually talked to someone who's like, that's what they wanna hear. Now, here's the... Here's the most fucked up part that I have for you is that The Rock inadvertently created something. When he says this, you got to remember The Rock, like you said, everyone listens to The Rock. I don't give a fuck if you're a Democrat, a Republican, you're independent, or you're living under a rock. You like The Rock. Like, you like him. Not many people are like, yeah, I fucking hate that guy. I'm pretty sure he doesn't need a fucking bodyguard. No one's trying to hit The Rock, right? No one (laughs) hates The Rock. There's nothing to hate him for, right? Like, that's that's not the case, right? He's not one of those people like Mike Tyson, where people like Mike Tyson. As fucked up as he is, Mike Tyson, like he says, I don't need bodyguards. Because who is out there to hurt Mike Tyson? Nobody. We like Mike Tyson, right? He's a likable dude. So when he has this platform... And he says, we're waiting to hear you. Now, historically, he's correct in the sense where in, like I was saying earlier, with, you know, when you have that platform, when something happens, everybody, both sides, whether they like you or not, want to hear what you have to say. But also, he's paved the fucking way. So at this point, when he poses, he paves the way for the president to get up there because now when the president speaks, people are like, yeah, we're expecting this. Not that they wouldn't have been before, but he's kind of paved the way for him. Inadvertently, it says, when he says that, people are like, okay, look, we're waiting for the speech. And then yesterday, Trump went up there and he spoke about unemployment and jobs. And that's Ooh. not the fucking message, guy. Like, literally, if there was ever a time no. to come out and specifically speak on the actual issue and we're actually going to do, he kills it. Now, in like the like Rock brings out, deploying the military. Now, anybody who's been in the military knows the National Guard. Eh, you know, it is what it is. But anyway, not really. They didn't even have magazines. But it is what it is. But did they did they send out military vehicles? They sure the fuck did. Uh, the hope was kind of like people would have respect for that and kind of stop being crazy. Right? So stop like looting and burning buildings down. Because we at least got to stop that, right? Not silence the voice. The voice should be heard. People should be out there protesting. Uh, no one's arguing that. But we do got to kind of stop hurting each other a little bit, right? Like, you know, Target didn't do this to you. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Apparently Walmart didn't do it because you know no one's hurting Walmart, right? No one's looting fucking <laughs> you know, them, but uh, no one's looting the no, dollars. No, no, no. We need Walmart. We need Walmart. We yeah. need Walmart. Fucking Target's <laughs> expendable. Take your shit. Well, they have a little more higher yeah. valued items. So he uh, had the opportunity and he didn't necessarily take it. Do you think do you think that he like doesn't say it because they're like the truth is just too much for him. No, you know what I mean. No, you see, like it'll it'll definitely whatever his response is is not going along with his bottom with his bottom line. You know what I mean. So obviously, he just wants to be reelected. That's all he wants. Well, right. You you got. We got to understand what is elected, right? What do we have as a president of the United States, right? What's the mindset you're talking to? A business mongol, right? A guy who is literally upper level, um, business minded guy. Anybody who's been in business knows that business doesn't have a lot of emotion. It's logical. It makes big long term goals and stuff. That's why a lot of his resume that he's done as president is trade deals, unemployment, economy, business sided things. None of it is 
really hearts and minds as far as like the emotional side. You don't hear Trump mm-hmm. talk much about the emotional side because he's been disengaged for that for so long. I don't know that he has any idea how to stand on a stage and tell you that I know you're hurt to empathize with you. I don't know he can empathize. Mm-hmm. I don't think he can empathize. I think they ran with it and said, you know what? We may as well just go with the fucking job market because the best we got. Right? I think like, they tried it in the living room. Uh, <laughs> they talked about it. <laughs> and they're like, you know what? Let's just, let's just go with what we're good at. I, I honestly <laughs> think that he doesn't have that side, right? Because when we talk about a president, a lot of times they have to be able to talk to the people, empathize with the people. I don't think Donald Trump can empathize with fucking anybody. He's lived a different kind of life. He doesn't know how to fucking do it. And I don't think he has that in him. He doesn't have that compassion side. He just wants to hit you. It's kind of like a dad. When all you wanted was a fucking hug, right? You're a kid. You want to be loved. You want to be heard and understood. And the dad looks at you when you want something. He's like, do I not put a fucking roof over your head? Do you not have an Xbox? Mm-hmm. Do I not buy you yeah. school clothes? Leave me the fuck alone. Do you know what I mean? That's what it is. Like, yeah. like dad is telling me that be happy right? Financially, you're doing a bit better, but fuck your hug. And you as a kid is like, I, I just, but I, I, I want a hug. You know what I mean? I just want a hug, dad. <laughs> no, I just want a hug, dad. <laughs> now, maybe, maybe a, 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 a bad comparison, but the comparison is that he doesn't have that compassion side when in reality in America, if you want to win some voters over, that's how you do it. You have to be compassionate, at least when the country back to get to a state of normalcy. Now, you know that uh, yeah. with, 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 with Trump and you haven't said that, sure. uh, I think there needs to be like a requirement. Like you need to do like X amount of years as, you know, a public service something to uh, qualify for being president. Because obviously if you have the money, as it is today, if you have the money uh, and you have that clout, then yeah, you can be president, man. Run well, there's a reason you can't, though. There's one thing missing. So, like, Bloomberg tried to become president of the Democratic ticket, and he got fucking destroyed. He had the money. But believe it or not, what it takes is mic skills. We have literally yeah. become the WWE with it. Well, you have to be good in the mic. You know why? Because a candidate can have that. So, for instance, Joe Biden can go up there, and he fumbles in the mic, and we immediately judge him on that. Now, Joe Biden may have the best fucking policies in the world. Joe Biden could have everything fucking to it. But if he cannot go on there and answer quick questions and be quick-witted, he'll never be president. We are so wrapped around the microphone skills. And that's what Trump had. Think about it. Yeah. Trump had the mic skills where he got elected on Rubio's got small hands and fuck that guy, right? And they ate it up. You know what I mean? Like it was entertaining. He was he even talked about that ratings. He knew that he was popular. Now, it wasn't because of a like think about it, the wall. Building the wall was literally it was like a marketing scheme, you know, because people thought, even if you agreed to agree that it was fucking hilarious to even hear it, like, did that shit just get yeah. said, right? Because there's a shock factor to it. Whether you liked it, didn't like it, you were like, whoa, build a fucking wall, biggest wall you've ever seen. And people were like, shit. <laughs> it made you, like, talk about it, right? Like, you didn't just hear that yeah. and blow it off. You told your buddy, like, this motherfucker. It created people talking about you, right? Second, third-hand information. And get your name out there as far as being that candidate. I mean, everybody in America knew Donald Trump was running for president when Donald Trump was running for president. So I think you do have to have mic skills. It's kind of like why The Rock would win the election. If The Rock ran, based on his mic skills alone, now he could suck as a politician. He could. Whether he runs Democrat, Republican, or Independent. I think he could win because he's popular and he can work the mic. But he's not, no one's going to like beat him on his policies because what are we going to say? Yo, but did you hear mm-hmm. him talk? Did you hear what he fucking said? So it's tough. Um, I want to play for you, though, this clip of President Obama, and uh, this is just on MSNBC on the 3rd of June, and he's talking about the difference in riots and difference at times, and I kind of want to dissect that a little bit with you. So let's see what the... I have to tell you, uh, although I was very young when you had riots and protests and, and assassinations and discord back in the 60s, um, I know enough about that history to say there is something different here. You look at those protests, and that was a far more representative cross-section of America out on the streets, peacefully protesting, and who felt moved to do something because of the injustices that they had seen. That didn't exist back in the 1960s, that kind of broad coalition. The fact that recent surveys have showed 
that despite uh, some protests having then been marred by the actions of some, a tiny minority that engaged in, in violence, that despite, you know, as usual, that got a lot of attention, a lot of focus, despite all that, a majority of Americans still think those protests were justified. That wouldn't have existed. And he's right. In the 60s, you had protests and you didn't have like all these other cities like really banning behind him. You didn't have other races, uh, you know, other religions, people, other ideals and views banning together. In the 90s, it came back. And then basically when it was done, it got squashed. In the 90s, you saw people banding together, but it was only in certain cities, right? And only in certain cities because you started to see a little more widespread, right? But it wasn't much, but at least the idea, well, the idea of it, uh, the view of it changed to, okay, yeah, that's justified, right? And now you flash forward to today and every race is out there, right? Every fucking race is out there defending this cause, talking about this cause because now everybody sees the injustice and what's scary to the government is that it's not just in fucking Minneapolis, Minnesota, right? You've got L.A. making strides on the other side of the fucking country. You've got Massachusetts having protests, New York. You have the entire country now. Now you have the whole country. It's not something to just be shut up because everybody's talking about it. I will tell you, I believe that... And I'll dare say 99% of America believes in the protests. I do believe the only hesitation they have with that is because, like we mentioned before, the rioters and looters kind of ruin it. If you remove the rioters and looters and said, listen, nobody's going to burn a building down or steal. Boom. Do the people have a voice and a point? I believe that it's more than 99% people. I don't give a fuck if you're white, black, green, blue, or orange. You truly believe this voice needs to be heard and they already believe it and it's falling not on deaf ears but people who want to listen to it and it's such a paradigm shift because you think the 60s to today okay you could say okay well that's 60 years got it but that's a hell of a paradigm shift in 60 years right we got the whole country together Uh, immigrants from all over are like yeah even the fucking um white people been here forever like yeah you know what i mean we got a fucking problem no one looked at that cop anymore (laughs) and said you know yeah he's wrong like we're like yeah he's fucked up he's fucked up you won't find too many people defending that cop in the 60s in the 60s yep and they would want them to shut the fuck up in color but I do think it's because it keeps rearing its Give ugly them a promotion. Head. Give them a fucking promotion. <laughs> what the fuck's going on? But that's the 60s, right? Because we got to remember that a lot of this shit, you know, it, it, it regurgitated over and over again. And if we don't learn from history, it keeps happening. So it is a it is a bit different. It was nice to hear the rock call out. It was nice to hear the, um, President Obama, you know, put his piece in there. And then we got to talk about the impact in the election. In your mind, does that impact the election? What's What's basically been happening... You know, do you think that negatively or positively affects Biden? Does it negatively or positively affect, impact Trump? Does it have no impact on how people are voting? Uh, President Trump is just, he shoots himself in the foot every time he gets on the air. And then I think it also helps Biden. Biden's a big advocate for the black community. At the end of the day, I think people just want Trump to fuck out. It doesn't matter who, as long as it's not him. I think. Do so you think he's taking but, a hit um, on all this, for sure? Oh, yeah. For he's sure, taking, he's taking a hit. Um, yeah, uh, things are starting to come out. We used to work with him a couple, just a couple of weeks ago. Now they're fired. <laughs> so, <laughs> so those people are starting to come out, uh, you know, kind of like whistleblower status type thing. And people... Uh, well, even General sure. Mattis spoke out as well, right? Oh, yeah. So, got about that guy. Yeah. Almost. So General Mattis comes out, and he's not the only one. No, no. Uh, but he's the biggest one. Because uh, that was his Secretary the, of Defense, you know. So he, uh, so he comes out, and then nobody likes nobody likes when 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 the military gets fucked with. And General Mattis represents a lot of us. President Trump just comes out and says, you know, hey, whatever. I don't even know him like that. <laughs> I don't even know him like that. I mean, he was okay, I guess, but he didn't do much. Blah blah blah. So he was discrediting him after Mattis came out and uh, and said what he said. Yeah, and, b- and based on Mattis's you know, military uh, popularity, and that's across all branches, that hurts the military mm-hmm. vote because the military vote a lot of times will vote Republican. And the reason is, if anybody's wondering why that is, 
is that if you look at it from a fiscal standpoint, it's the Republicans usually pay more, and it's hard to vote a certain way when you're, especially you're a younger individual, when your money gets paid a little bit higher elsewhere. It's just kind of like you'll vote with your paycheck, not necessarily your heart, your mind, your ideals, because money talks, shit walks. Mm-hmm. But now you hurt that when you actually attack someone who is of his high regard because you're not you're going to be hard-pressed to find anybody in the military who has something bad or have the balls to say something bad about Mattis because of mm-hmm. how revered that man is. And you're like, yeah, he's not that good. Your military vote kind of went, mm, maybe you're not that good. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> how dare you? Know? you? <laughs> uh, and that's one thing, too, about the whole shut the fuck up piece of that, that people will do to each other is that The Rock brought it up, and I'm glad he said it. Right. So he says black lives matter. And then he also later on said, of course, all lives matter. And that's an important piece, what he was alluding to, because imagine, if you will, I come into your building and say you're, you're at work. I'm at, I'm at DeVoe Productions. I pop in there and I got a little bucket. And on this bucket, I got a picture of my mother. My mother has breast cancer. Right. And I say to you, I say, you man, listen, man, my, uh, my mother's got breast cancer. I was wondering if you could spare a couple bucks. For breast cancer and then you slap another bucket on your desk and it says lung cancer and you put two dollars in that and you say all cancers matter like what the fuck is <laughs> think about it it's the same fucking thing it's the same fucking exactly. thing all cancers matter i would be so appalled like of course all cancers matter but my mother's dying from this, right? Like, I mean, my mother's not dying from that. I'm trying to save my mother. I mean, you don't know anybody dying lung cancer, right? So I would give you money, but I'm trying to fight this cause because it's my mom. Like, that's the same thing, right? That's like a girl scout walking in there and saying, you know, will you buy cookies? And then you saying, no, fuck you. I'm waiting for the Boy Scouts. All Scouts matter. Well, that's <laughs> fucked up. Like, I mean, but what? Wait, wait what? Well, why would you say that to that's me? Kinda, right? That's like, I know up, all like scouts a- matter. A Girl Scout asking you for money for a box of cookies doesn't say the Boy Scouts suck. Doesn't say the Boy Scouts don't matter. It just says this is my cause. We need funding for it because of this reason, or we need support in the Black Lives Matter, right? For this reason, because, hey, we're getting fucking killed in the fucking street, okay? I don't see all people dying, right? On the fucking side of the road, the knees on their fucking necks, right? So my cause is here, and I'm looking for help with my cause. You know, the Girl Scout's not saying fuck all scouts. She's just saying that right now we need funding, okay? We need support. Can you buy a box of fucking cookies? Don't be buying popcorn in front of me fucking saying all scouts matter, you fucking prick. Right? So I swear to God, if you're that person who says all lives matter, then the next time a Girl Scout comes to your door, I say you sell Girl Scout cookies, I want you to shut the door in her face and say all scouts matter. Because that's as fucked up as what you're saying. You just don't realize it. It's fucking insanity. Do you agree with me on that shit? Yeah, no, for sure, for sure. Uh, so it's come down to, man, so I see a lot on social media. And, you know, you have the, you know, the, the, the social justice warriors on social media. They, uh, so I have a, uh, a couple of friends of mine, they, they post something such as, oh, you know, that's what they get, blah, blah, blah. When they close down that street the day after, the rioters and looters, they, they're forced to stay back in the area. So now my friend has the rioters and looters in their backyard. They're saying, well, you know, same, same protest, but you're pro, but they're protesting against their own people in their own neighborhood. Mm-hmm. So what do you get is that friend who posted, oh, that's what you get. He's like, oh man, I take back what I said. I just don't want to get, uh, I just don't want to get, uh, somebody in my backyard. But anyways, he's digressing because he, he takes, he takes everything he said back because now they're in his backyard. Yeah. So and to and to come back around with that thing, so other people, white people, post uh, something like, "Oh, they're looting and destroying property and blah blah blah." He's speaking against the looters and rioters, right? That are doing that are that are muddying up the uh, the, the the main issue. So then you get uh, African American person comment on his page saying, "Oh well, where were you when so and so?" was getting a knee to the face. Yeah. Uh, why weren't you speaking out then? So making it seem like, okay, so because he's white, he doesn't have a right to speak. And they pulled the whole racist card or black lives matter card. 
and it's kind of not fair. So you're trying to shut up, or you're trying to you're trying to quiet a person who is speaking his voice when he's speaking. Isn't it? Isn't the movement partly about not staying quiet? I don't know. I kind of went on a little ramble there. No, I, I like it. No, and you're not wrong. Because we can't, like, silence each other, right? And, and I get it. And, like, when someone stand, sticks out on something, they actually say something. They're probably provoked or what have you. Like, maybe I wasn't uh, provoked before, right? So you may say to me, well, because um, people could get mad at me and say, well, you know, you changed your stance. You know what I mean? You, know, you were against cap dealing and now you're for it. Well, I fucking didn't understand it at the time, okay, asshole? I looked at right. it as it was against the country. I was wrong like most other fucking people were arguing it. Now I look at it and say, fuck, Cap was right. Like, it's uh, we, we have opinions, man. Like, we based on the information we have and the narratives we're given, and we buy and we don't buy. I probably bought into a lot of shit that's not true, and I probably flipped stances on things once I got more information, and that's okay. Uh, but to say, like, I didn't know. Maybe you didn't know that situation happened. Right, because literally, if this George Floyd thing happened and it was only local news and just or like a certain section of the country, and I didn't hear about it in Seattle, Washington, and people get mad and be like, "Well, you didn't say nothing there." Maybe I didn't fucking know. Maybe I was fucking busy. Maybe I was going through a fucking divorce and didn't give a fuck then. I mainly have a clear mind, body, soul at the time. Right? Leave me the fuck alone. Right? I got an opinion here. Let me have a fucking opinion. You want to talk about it? Do it. But we shouldn't shut each other out. Like I hate that people say, "Oh well, if you have a different opinion than me, like unfriend me." No, we are supposed to have different fucking opinions, right? I have friends who fucking literally, and you know, as much as I fucking bagged on the independents, I have a lot of friends who vote independent. I got friends who are Democrat, Republican. I have friends who are fucking assholes, right? And you can't just lump them in together because what we like to do to really fucking muddy the waters is we like to muddy the waters for the other people. For instance, right? As much as I'll agree with you, 100%, right? So to muddy the waters, I think most cops are good. I do. I believe fucking 99.99% cops are good. I do believe 0.01% are fucking bad, right? Or potentially can be bad. I believe that. It's just like this. I believe... Right, the protesters are good, looters are bad. They muddy the waters, like you said. If you look at it, though, we like to muddy the waters for each other. For instance, if I'm a Republican and you're a Democrat, then I immediately go to the most extreme Democrat possible. That's fucking terrible, and say, "Oh well, you believe X, Y, and Z." It's kind of like Democrats say to Republicans, "Oh, you fucking Klan member," right? Like we like to go like to the <laughs> furthest extreme when you know this person is not the furthest extreme, but you like muddy the waters, like, "Oh, if you're a Republican, you're a Klan member." I don't fucking think so. Like it's just like I don't think like like the Republicans like think Democrats like to be like um, freeloaders have no ambition and like to really talk like really horrible like almost make it seem like trailer park trash for like my white people, whatever we say in other cultures, right? That, like that's them. It's, that's, it's not the case. Like you're literally taking a section. Because if you don't think, honestly, if you don't think that there are poor people who are Republicans, you're crazy. If you don't think that there's some pretty racially charged people as Democrats, there are. Like we have these there, but we like to give each other these extremes and it's like, just fucking be normal. The average person, like we had said in previous podcasts, is in the middle. Just have a rational fucking conversation. And it's okay to have a difference of opinion, right? Mm -hmm. I don't have to be like, well, you, I didn't hear you talk about the fucking riot of 1872. What the fuck is that? <laughs> I didn't even know there was a riot in 1872. If there was, I had a post about it. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, like yeah. that's what we do. It's like, man. It's like, what are you, Facebook stalking me and going through my past fucking posts? You have that kind of time on your hands? I don't even know what I posted yesterday. Fuck. Yeah, and that's kind of and that, yeah, man, and that's kind of the thing that's been going on here. Well, and and also the way I, the uh, <laughs> also the way I think of it is like, well, you know, they're all, you know, they're eating it all up. They're drinking the Kool Aid right now, but give it like a week or two, and it's all like, oh, whatever. You know what I mean? Because that's just, you know, the the whole looter rider situation thing is just not sustainable. Ultimately, the main issue is going to come back, and everybody who was like. Uh, oh, where were you? Or, you know, well, you're white, you shouldn't be saying anything, or whatever the case is, uh, those people are going to disappear. And it's my hope that the main issue actually gets addressed. Like right now, they're doing the peaceful, uh, the peaceful protest, mm -hmm. and their voices are being heard. And you have uh, people like Dwayne coming out and saying stuff, and uh, the Kaepernick um, conversation is being cleared up and coming out again. Uh, so I think as long as the right voices are heard, people are going to start reacting. However, it's a fucking marathon. They're going to have to keep it going until something changes. 
And so what I want to do now, because to play fairness, because we like to play fairness in this podcast, right? So we listen Fair. to listen to The Rock, right? Call the president. We listen to um, President Obama. So I want to I want to play a clip of an African American woman, uh, and she is Candace Owens, and she is a Republican. All right, so let's play uh, let's play this clip here of Candace Owens. Let me see if I can get this going. And what was this? What's the what's the clip we're about to listen? Oh man, shit. So basically, here's what happens. Is Candace defends the president, right? There's nothing wrong with it. You know, you can defend anybody you want. Uh, you know, she's sure. a Republican. That's that's her job. It's what she does, right? If she was not going to defend the president, uh, maybe we would call her into question. So she's defending the president. But the problem with Candace Owens' life is that nobody wants to attack her on her view of the president directly. They want to attack her, and it's a weird angle they take, but based upon race, right? Which is weird. She's an African-American woman. She looks African-American, and they almost like question like her love for her own people when I don't think that's the right approach, right? And then they, they, they try and like say that she like is fond of Hitler because some of the things she says, and it, it's baffling because what are you talking about? Like they don't want to focus on issues. That's one bad thing I have for the way the um, the House and the Senate will talk to her because it's never like directly the issue. It's more of an attack on her. And I don't think that's fair. Like I don't think they do it to a man. So I do think it's a little sexist, but literally she, a lot of times, like she'll have a point of view and she has to defend being black. And it's very, very odd. But if you ever see it, it'll like baffle you a little bit. Cause you're like, I don't even, I can't even believe she has to defend this. Like, let her defend her point of view. Like, you know what I mean? It's like, they're just attacking her saying she's like, uh-uh, black Nazi. What the fuck? She's, she hates black people. Like, it, it, it's, it's unfathomable, but I think that it's their only way to kind of discredit her. It's like, they almost don't want to have the argument with her. So instead they hit her yeah. from the sides. So I don't agree with their tactic against her. Trust me when I tell you. Um, but she has an interesting view on black America. And I kind of wanted to uh, play that and just understand her view and kind of dissect it and see if it's something that, you know, does she have some truth? Does she not? Is she off a rock or is she not? Uh, but again, uh, I believe in the clip they will kind of question her on her color and love. And we just have to accept that and be like, that's what they do to her. So just accept it, move on, just move on to what she says, and we'll dissect that. Um, okay. Because it's not no point in... I don't know how to dissect someone questioning someone if they're black or not. If they like black people when they are black. I don't get it. It's very odd. But anyway, here we go. Let's see what we have. Let's go. Um, let me ask you something. Do you hate Americans with black skin color? Uh, absolutely not. I actually love Americans with black skin color so much that I'm willing to fall on the sword a thousand times for them to wake up and realize that we are being lied to, abused, and used by the Democrat Party. I, I'm, I'm baffled because in the chairman's opening statement, he said that you openly associate with purveyors of hate. Yes, um, purveyors of hate, by his definition, is anybody that supports the president. I support the president because he's done a tremendous job in helping the black community, despite all of the rhetoric from the media and leftists so, who do so, not want him to be successful. Tell me a little bit about how the president has helped the black community, if you would, please. Well, he's lowered the black unemployment rate. It's the lowest it's ever been in the history. Uh, he's getting us off of our feet. We see, uh, I believe the last number I checked was 3.5 million people are off of food stamps, something <coughs> that the black caucus sat down and didn't applaud. Neither did any of the Democrats applaud uh, because they want a system where blacks are dependent on the government. Uh, uh, they, they are the people that put in place the policies that broke down the black family. And the biggest problem that's facing our community is father absence. Um, in every room that I've been in with the president, he talks about real issues. And he doesn't pander to us. He doesn't do Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez's southern drawl accent and speaking to us like we're slaves. He asks us important questions. And the most important question he could have asked was, black America, what do you have to lose? Because we were already losing under Democrat leadership. Yes, um, I think it's pretty apparent that uh, Mr. Lou believes that black people are stupid and will not f uh, pursue the full clip in its entirety. He purposely presented an extract, an extracted witness, clip. Witness will suspend for a moment. It is not proper to refer disparagingly or with, to a member of the committee. Uh, the witness will not do that again. Witness may continue. Sure, even though I was called despicable. Um, witness may not refer to a member of the committee as stupid. I didn't refer to him as stupid. That's not what I said. That's not what I said at all. You, you didn't listen to what I said. May I continue? Please. As I said, he is assuming that black people will not go pursue the full two-hour clip. 
and he purposefully extracted, he cut off and you didn't hear the question that was asked of me. He's trying to present as if I was launching a defense of Hitler in Germany when in fact the question that was asked of me was pertaining to whether or not I believed that Hitler was a, whether or not I believed in nationalism and that nationalism was bad. And what I responded to was that I do not believe that we should be characterizing Hitler as a nationalist. He was a homicidal, psychopathic maniac that killed his own people. A nationalist would not kill their own people. That is exactly what I was referring to in the clip, and he purposely wanted to give you a cut-up similar to what they do to Donald Trump to create a different narrative. That was unbelievably dishonest, and he did not allow me to respond to it, which is worrisome and to tell you a lot about where people are today in terms of trying to drum up narratives. By the way, I would like to also add that I work for Prager University, which is run by an Orthodox Jew, and a single Democrat showed up to the embassy opening in Jerusalem. I sat on a plane for 18 hours to make sure that I was there. I'm deeply offended by the insinuation of, of revealing that clip without the question that was asked of me. That fire, though, right? Mm. That fire. You, know, mm. you can't find that everywhere. That, that fire. <laughs> so again, uh, so you hear that, and, and, but I want to bring it all the way back just to the beginning because I know it was a lot to digest, right? But and then you heard like there are questions. She likes black. Well, she is black. Whatever. The Republicans who are African American, they do like to gravitate toward unemployment, right? Right. And then the things they do like for the community, but it's all based upon. I would say, obviously you agree or not, but it's more so regard to like. That, like the numerical piece, the money piece, the unemployment rate, things like that. Where I think the Democrats try and focus on more of the, you know, society community type piece. That's not quantified yeah. in a percentage of unemployment. Like quality of life, if you will. I, I don't know how to, uh, how to approach it. I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, those are her views. I mean, she supports Trump. She thinks Trump is uh, misrepresented by the media. I guess. I mean, that's her point of view. I mean, what are you, uh, what are you, what are you going to do? Yeah, but just... at the same time, but the, at the same time, like, it's weird to see that she's so outspoken and I don't think people know how to react to that, mm-hmm. you know, because it's true. It's true. A lot of what she says, or actually all of that she's saying is true, regardless if it's against, if it goes against other people's views, the majority of people's views, that's, that's her truth. And she has the numbers she has the stats. In fact, to um, to certify or to um, to justify that, you know, I'm I'm glad you said that your truth. And the, what happened was the first time I ever heard that was from Oprah Winfrey, and I thought she was crazy when she first said it. She said we all have our own truth, and then people will say, "Well, no, there's only one truth." But then I thought about it. And I said, "You know what? Oprah is fucking intelligent, right? She is. Whether or not you like her book club or not, whether you watch her TV show, um, whatever it happens to be, right? There, there's no denying that Oprah Winfrey is an intelligent woman." And I thought about it, and you just brought up her own truth, and you're right. You see, you and I, we have our own truth, and neither one's wrong, and they can both be true, even if they contradict each other. And what I mean by right. that is, and I'm glad you said that because in America, when you realize that, so for instance, if today the police knock on my door, right? And this I'm going to bring up me and Little Wayne, right? I'm going to use Little Wayne and me as a contrast. The police come in here, they treat me like shit, shove me down, search my house, destroy shit, and they leave. And my truth is police are terrible. That is true. That's true based on my experience. Now, Little Wayne has a different experience at police offices where they took care of him, brought him to the hospital. There's a big story why he loves cops, right? And that's his truth. Little Wayne can say cops are awesome, and I could say cops suck. And those opinions can not agree with each other. But we're both not lying. Both of our truth, we have to remember that our truth is based on understanding our experiences. And our understanding experience could be completely different, right? She looks at it and she talks about something about, um, and there's something that comes out there. And it's attack on African-American men. And it is is what it is. I mean, it's just, it's something that they unfortunately have to uh, fight against. Because she even used her narrative was the absence of African-American fathers, right? And then sometimes people will use that. And I'm not saying it is or isn't because I understand how it can affect you. I'm not trying to take a stance on it, but say, oh, well, African-Americans have a, a higher rate of fathers not being there, whatever the case may be. And like that's why this way, that way, what have you. And they've got to kind of have that battle. And then I think a lot of people try and use that as well. And maybe if that is your experience, I mean, maybe it does play a factor, right? Like you don't know unless you're in that experience. And then some people may say, fuck, I had a father there and the fucking was worse than you. Do you know what I mean? Because your mm-hmm. truth is like having a dad when they're good. Because you think having a dad would be a good thing. Well, there's some bad fucking dads out there, right? Where you're better off with nothing. So it's like your truth. Your truth might be not having a father fucking hurt me. My truth might be having a father hurt me. 
right? Mm-hmm. It can be different. Yeah. I mean, we could argue and say maybe it's better to have a dad than not have a dad. But, I mean, I see a lot of sports stars with no dads, and they're doing pretty fucking well. I'm like, shit. Yeah, right? I was a minus <laughs> father away from being a millionaire. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> right because that's your truth right maybe steve mcnair wouldn't have been the quarterback of the tennessee titans had he had a dad maybe that would have stifled him right, right? you don't know so it's just your truth <clears throat> and no one's truth is wrong if some people feel that something's important not important maybe that's based on their experiences some guys said about her truth yeah we can all have different truths not wrong and that, yeah, that's the- those are different uh her, her difference of opinion doesn't mean that she's wrong you know what i mean mm-hmm. or it doesn't make her a racist or it doesn't make her a uh uh and uh, an evil person. Yeah. It's just stand his own. So, I mean, you can't argue. You really can't argue. I, I would not dare to argue with a Candace Owen. You know what I mean? Oh no, I'd like to hear like an this, AOC this, argue. This. I'll fucking pay. I'll fucking get <laughs> there. Both opinionated and passionate. It'd be fucking crazy. We're talking over each other, and we would fucking love it. Oh, what are they hear, saying? Uh, did, Who did the fuck? No. I'll let him fight in UFC. Fuck it. Let him talk in the mic and fight it out. Done. Pay per view, millions of dollars. It doesn't have to be good. It just has to happen. So, so, so not, and that's and that's an important thing when we talk about the different sides. And I'm glad we said it before we wrap it up. I definitely want to bring that up and see what you think. But because we have our own truth, our own experiences. If you come to me and say cops are bad, and I come to you and say cops are good, we like to shut each other off and shut e- shut each other down. When in reality, we have to remember this is a different human being who probably grew up in a different city than me, different experiences than me. So the most important thing to do, if you want to get, if I want to sway you to believe cops are good and you believe cops are bad because your experience is bad, the most important thing to do is find out the source of this. Make them feel listened to, right? Don't fold up your arms and act like they're wrong. Be like, oh no, man, that's, I understand cops are bad. Tell me, what was your experience with cops that made you feel they were so bad? Find out what they felt, saw, whatever, because you might be able to empathize and be like, yeah, if I dealt with that, I think cops are bad too. And the best you could do is offer them, hey, this is why I felt cops were good. You tell them your experience. Because even if you and I do not change opinion, you still think cops are bad, but I still think cops are good. But you know what we did? We shared perspective. So now all of a sudden, you at least will say, we'll meet in the middle. You'll say, you know what? Maybe cops aren't all bad. Because I know this guy, Nick, and we heard each other out, and here was his experience. And I will say, you know what? I thought all cops were good, and I still will believe that. But in the back of my head, maybe some could be bad. right? I'm still going to fight for the narrative cops are good, but now I'm open-minded because I've heard of a horrible experience. right? You don't know unless you've lived it. And until we communicate, and that's how things start happening, we start communicating. Because it won't take long before I talk to four or five people that have bad experiences that I may meet Mm -hmm. in the middle and be like, shit, there is some bad apples out there. And then maybe you talk to enough good people with cops and say, you know what? That was just one bad experience. I talked to five, ten people who had a good experience there. And so we have to communicate and not shut it down and believe that just because your experience tells you this, that you're right. No, motherfucker. There's a lot of different experiences out there. You cannot base all cops based on your town's cops. You can't. You can't base all politicians on your state's politicians. And so until we can learn to understand each other's opinions, be open-minded and hear it out, and accept the fa- and be open to the fact where me and you will talk, and we're not going to change each other's minds, but we're going to share an idea. And that idea could change our perception one day. That's how data is collected. That's how companies do data, right? They don't look at yeah. one thing and do it. They look at all things, and they make an educated guess going forward of how they should move and proceed. <sighs> businesses, can't, uh, businesses can't succeed without having both sides of the data, you know, the good data and the bad data. You know what I mean? You have to take it all in and make a plan to move forward to make this company successful. And in this case, the company is government. And we're so quick to take a fucking side. That's why I feel about Colin, why Colin's message got missed. Colin took a knee and people immediately saying, good country, bad country, whatever, fighting each other. Right, and it's like we didn't even bother to hear out the point of view we were fucking arguing about. Even me, like that's what pisses me off. I am even a culprit, right? I was fighting for should you kneel for the anthem and disrespect the country and the troops, and had nothing to fucking do with that, right? We didn't want to hear that. We were already arguing. We're already battling, and it's like, why don't we just shut the fuck up and listen? Because had we heard out Cap, did anybody do an interview and ask Cap where is this stemming from? What was your first experience with cops? What was your last experience with cops? And did anybody share with Cap their experience? No. Instead, we just heard what we wanted to hear, saw what we wanted to see, made an opinion, fought, when in reality, it should have been a fucking special. The dude should have been on TV. We should have heard him out. 
right? The anchor should have offered a different perspective. Maybe had a second person who did like cops. Maybe another football player, someone he mutually respected. So maybe Drew Brees. Maybe that's what they should have done. Think about how powerful that had been. Cap is kneeling. Drew doesn't think he should. Two guys who aren't going to fight. They have difference of opinion. The anchor talks to Drew on why cops are good. Why kneeling, not kneeling the anthem's good. And then Cap could have said his piece. People could have heard it out. It would have been a peaceful conversation because I highly doubt Drew Brees and Kaepernick at the time would have fought each other, right? They're not going to. They would have just offered opinion and been open to like, look, you're not here to you know agree or disagree. Just say your point of view. And then people would have felt better, heard it out because Cap would have had the point to say to Drew, whoa, whoa, you're missing it. I'm not, I'm not against the country. I'm, I'm just against police brutality. And then everyone in that aha moment, we all would have understood it because they understood each Ooh. other and we would have moved forward. And even if you would have agreed or disagreed with Cap Kneeling, you'd have felt better because a difference of opinion was presented to him and he now understands because he hears this other guy's point of view. Why don't we go back to that, right? Why don't we go? Like, it's not like it's, this isn't one problem, is isn't taboo. They used to do this back in the boxing days when Howard uh, Cosell would literally take two fighters and have them talk to each other with him as him as the moderator. That's how it's supposed to be, you know? And then you kind of hear out, like, how things are or whatever. And I think had we have heard him out, we would have had a difference of opinion, but instead we decided to take a side, fight each other, and fuck up this place. Yeah. And George Floyd's dead. <laughs> Great job, everybody. We did this. <laughs> and that's the one that we know of. Uh, I also heard of other shit happening that media didn't, didn't, uh, didn't get a hold of. Oh. Well, there's always more to the story, there's right? There's always more to the story. There, there is. I'm not going to disagree with that, and that's with you know most things. I mean, it it happens. But I, I'm just saying that if we if we would have curbed it then, if we would have understood it then, maybe we could have prevented that or other cases. For sure. You know, we would have sure. and we wouldn't have needed protests and riots. We would have had a dialogue, and people been like, "Aha!" Uh-huh. So let's stop fighting. Let's start communicating. A, I got a question. Who is is there anybody advocating for like a like a conversation? Is there like a leader of this movement that's like, hey, let's talk or whatever? Is there, is there something like that going on? I mean, did I miss it? Yeah, we're in the generation where if you don't agree with me, delete me from Facebook. That's where we're at, right? We're a generation where if um, if Trump's talking, if you don't like him, you don't turn him off. If Anderson Cooper's oh. talking, you either listen or you don't. Natto, Rachel Maddow, she's talking. Like, it's like, you only listen to people you want to listen to. You don't want right. to hear the other side of the argument. We don't like, we're like that in relationships, if you don't notice. In arguments, so many times people, like, just listen to respond. They don't listen to understand the other person. Like, literally, they'll say, like, I just said that to you. You have no idea because you're waiting for them to shut the fuck up so you could scream out your piece. Like, we're not, under, we, we're being bred this way. So I think you and I need to make a pact. I think that's what we need to do. That's what we're going to do from now on. Maybe that's the future, right? We take two people on with two totally different points of view, slap them together and do it because I believe it when I say if it would have been approached differently when Cap knelt, if you had a guy like Drew Brees, someone of the same Cap, I bring up Drew Brees this. They're both quarterbacks in the NFL, right? So it makes mm-hmm. sense. It's a sensible thing. Two people who get along, who've shooken hands before, two people you know who don't hate each other, right? Who can have a moderator there like a Chris Berman and he says, Cap, why are you doing this? Drew, I don't think you should do it. And they just do a dialogue. And you could edit and cut it if it gets a little passionate at times, right? Keep it clean for TV. But then people can understand it, and it reaches a higher uh, level of person who can say, well, I I saw, I understand the issue, and I can make an educated decision going forward. And it's not just about fighting. Because if they communicate that way, then people start communicating that way. Right? So, um, I don't know. We, we We need to communicate better. We need to be able to argue and disagree and still get along. You know, if you are one of those people who say, I'm not listening to the side, you're part of the fucking problem, right? Like Yumit said, we have your own truth, right? That's, that's Candace Owens' truth. We're not going to tell her she's fucking yeah. wrong. Based on her experience, she's fucking right. The best we right. can do is tell her our experience, and then she can make a judgment call from there. You know, but the, the answer isn't question on if she likes black people. Like, that's not the, what the fuck? It's not the answer. The answer <laughs> is, okay, Candace, literally, think about how different this should be. If he said, okay, listen, Candace, Candace, Candace. Why is it you feel that African-Americans are exploited by Democrats? That's the question no one asked. That's the question needed to be asked. So then she can say, well, because when I was growing up, X, Y, and Z. Okay. Mm -hmm. Did you see these other things, A, B, and C? 
She goes, no, I didn't see that. Well, actually, if you can look at A, B, and C, this also happens. Let her hear, listen to. Then she can say, okay, and she can have a dialogue back and forth, and both sides can get something out of it, and it's not a fight. And then maybe, I'm not saying you'd sway her, or she would sway you, but you understand each other, and you're sharing experience across pollinating, right? We learn from each other. I may not have lived her life. She didn't live my life, but maybe if we discuss it, hmm, you get different perspective. Like, holy fuck, I never thought of it that way, you know? Yeah. And maybe that, that's where healing comes from because maybe she's not completely wrong. And maybe like, you know what? That's that one little piece you said, we can work on that. And then she's satisfied and you're satisfied. And we're actually both speaking the same narrative. We came across it different ways, but the narrative is being answered to, right? Maybe like, you know what? That exactly. one thing that she may be pissed about that maybe drove her to feel this way, maybe is a true problem and you can address it and make her happy. And then we all move forward the same exact way but we're not even hearing the problem. And the minute she has difference of opinion, we say, oh, you hate black people. That's not the answer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's not the fucking answer. No, you just have experiences and a truth and your truth can change as your experiences change. All right, my man. So we've come to the uh, conclusion here. Do you have any uh, closing thoughts for these crazy motherfuckers that listen to us? No, uh, I don't. Uh, hey, long live General Mattis. Uh, God bless his soul. And... No, that's all I got, man. That's all I got. It was a great, powerful conversation we just had today. Yeah. Wow, I'm very proud of this conversation. No, hopefully it gets out there. Hopefully we ch- one step at a time will change the world. All right. Hopefully we the- won't get fired. I know, right? <laughs> Play the music. I know. I- right now I still got a job. We'll find out Monday morning. All right, brother. Thank you so much, human. It's been a pleasure, my man. All right, man. Have a good one. Okay, brother. And this has been another edition of Nikki P's Conundrum.